0: This is The House Call.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Brick House segment here at House Call Sports. I'm here with Nick and Josh. My name is Matt, and today we are talking about the conference semifinals in the NBA. We've seen some superstar-laden teams and the defending champs get eliminated, as well as some unexpected teams maybe advancing. And we will get all into it. But first, I want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, and that is Liquid IV. Go get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order and use the promo code the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast at liquidiv.com. watermelon liquid iv is my personal go-to i lift weights i have a couple outdoor jobs here on maui it's super humid and the sun is always out and i am pasty white so it burns me every single time and i need liquid iv the greatest hydration multiplier on the planet to even just get through my day so i get three times the electrolytes with liquid iv and the great taste so use the promo code and hit the link in our description to go get some now with that We might as well start, since we were talking about Heat, we might as well start with the Miami Heat, the series that I didn't expect ending exactly how I expected it to end. Trust me, that makes sense, okay? The Heat beat the Knicks in six games. A couple of teams that I had losing in the first round, but this series, in my opinion, went about as you'd expect. Both teams fought hard defensively. Nothing was pretty, but in the end, playoff Jimmy and Eric Spoelstra come through and advance to their third conference finals in four years. So, Josh, I'm going to go to you first on this one, my friend. What were your takeaways from this series?
0: Uh, we we got to see the Heat in a series where they're actually favored, and um, even though it took. Uh, one game longer than against the Bucks. Uh, this was definitely the easier series, I think, for the Heat. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler with that ankle injury couldn't play in what game two, game three. Um, so and they still were able to finish him off in six. Um, I did p- uh, pick the Heat in six. Um, a couple of things that uh that stood out to me was what are the Knicks gonna do with Julius Randle and RJ Barrett in the offseason, man? They they I, I feel like this team needs needs a couple of moves uh I don't know if you see all these videos going around check out the house call shorts uh we got a uh Knicks fans writing please please trade <laughs> Julius Randall um it is it's you know Julius Randall even said it I think the heat just want it more but just the chemistry that they have with Randall on the court it wasn't there um Julius Randall averaged under twenty points. He was eighteen point eight points uh, against the Heat, and then R.J. Barrett was at an inefficient twenty points per game against the Heat. <clears throat> I actually made a good amount of money betting on the under. You know, you knew a a Tom Thibodeau team going up against the the lack of offense. Heat, you know, you, you're you're going to win some money on those unders. But R.J. Barrett and Julius Randall, man, they they need a, I think they need to move on move on from them for sure.
1: Yeah, that was one of my that was one of my takeaways as well. I I think Obviously, for the Knicks, you know they're they're better than I expect they I thought they would be as far as this season. You know, before kind of the, before the playoffs, I thought I would take six or seven teams over them to win a series, but they were better than I expected them to be. But I think as far as their future and 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 where they go from here, if they want to win a championship, I think that they gotta like you said, Josh, make a, a couple of moves if they actually want to compete for a title. So, Nick, I'm gonna go to you, man. What were your takeaways from this series? What do you think about uh, this Miami and Knicks series? uh i mean it
2: just confirmed to me that julius Randle is is not a number one option for any any team he he's a high volume shooter that's just completely not efficient so it's uh two things that you don't want from your number one guy Uh, Um, and and uh i mean we kind of it, it, we we kind of seen uh, from the Heat what what we expected. I mean, Jimmy Butler is uh, playoff Jimmy, and it it's going to be tough to take down the Heat for any team that that play them because uh, they're they're just a tough, grinded up team, and uh, with with one of the best coaches in the league, Eric Volsha. I mean, he helps he helps them out everywhere they need to. So wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if uh, if either the Celtics or Sixers uh, have a long series with the Heat. Uh, like six or seven
1: with them. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised about that either. In fact, you know, when it comes down time to predict that, I'm going to predict the six or seven game series for whoever gets through this Boston-Philly Boston, uh, Boston Philly matchup um, because Miami just finds a way, man. They are just like all heart and all head. Like they, they don't have the most talent. It's kind of like a typical underdog story. They never have the most talent, but they just find a way every single time. But as far as this series goes, I mean – Listen, I talked about it a little bit like, the, you know, for I didn't I didn't think the Knicks were going to make it, you know, this even this far this year. So shout out to them, you know, but in the end, for as good as Jalen Brunson is and Randall has the potential to be, but never really shows it. Like I was talking about uh, after after Josh got done, they don't have the star power to compete for a title anytime soon. They need a legitimate top 10 to 15 player in, in, in order to be able to compete for a championship. And I don't think they have that right now. Brunson is kind of borderline, but you need another one. And, you know, maybe that, you know, like Josh was talking about, that includes, you know, getting rid of Randall or, or Barrett. But right now, I just don't think they have that. So it'll be tough for them to make a really deep playoff run, like an Eastern Conference Finals or make a Finals or win a championship. So especially in the East, who's got a lot of solid teams at the top now going forward. So... But a team that does have a top ten to fifteen player on it in a great organization with a great coach is Jimmy Butler in the Miami Heat. I mean, you, you know what? Like like you guys were talking about. What more do we say? Like these guys know how to win. Obviously, Jimmy, and then but Bam, it was also you know. Bam was also in that bubble finals run where he got to the finals. Kyle Lowry's a 2019 NBA champion with Toronto. Kevin Love, even a 2016 NBA champion with, you know, Cleveland. And even those, those last two guys I mentioned, Lowry and Love, aren't as good as they used to be. They still prove this, you know, this series in, in, in the playoffs so far, they can contribute to a playoff run. Like they're not putting up crazy yes. numbers anymore. I think Lowry's, you know, Lowry's averaging about 12 points and K Love's averaging about six points, but they're still playing a good amount of minutes and contributing to the championship caliber team. So, and when you look at Jimmy, like he was really chilling this series, like he he was. 25, 7, and 6 on just 43% shooting. You know, and that's 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 really chilling for playoff Jimmy because he puts up way bigger numbers than that. But, I mean, he was playing great defense like the rest of the squad. Bam was like 19 and 10 with two blocks. He's a great defender. And I think this series just came down to, to heat culture and the championship DNA for them at the end of the day. And the Heat got a lot of it, and the Knicks don't have any of it, really. So the Heat were able to close it out in uh, the, the close games, and the Knicks weren't, and I think that's what it came down to. And now the Heat, I think, are going to have a legit – shot like we talked about to you know it's gonna go six or seven games with boston or philly and they're gonna have a legit shot to compete for an eastern conference championship it's gonna be really really interesting to see the playoff heat strike again man just when you think that just when you think they're dead they freaking jason man they come back from the dead and do
0: their thing but that's gonna lead us to go for it yeah do you think uh the heat want either the celtics or the 76ers more matt
1: I think I think they would want the Sixers more just because they the the Sixers don't have that playoff. You know that they haven't had that sustained playoff success that, you know, the the Celtics have had. The Celtics have made a couple of finals runs. The Sixers have never got to that, you know, conference finals level even. And I think Mm -hmm. I think the heat as far as their culture and their toughness could, you know, go could take advantage of a team like like Philly, who isn't as proven as as Boston goes. Nick, what do you think about that? Which one? Which one do you think uh, Philly or Miami would rather have in the conference finals?
2: I think that I mean when when you're looking at the Celtics, they're still one of the best teams in the NBA. So you wouldn't want to face up a team who can literally switch one through five, has the best duo in the NBA, and uh, you know a top five MVP candidate and Jason Tatum to uh, to close the games out. So I think that they would rather
0: they'd rather face the Sixers.
1: Sure. What do you think, Josh?
0: Uh, you know I. I think uh BAM's uh plus minus against Joel Embiid. Uh this is this is granted a fully healthy Joel Embiid. Uh Embiid has just eaten him up, especially in the past two mm. years. Um, so I I think they could they have the the wing length the wing length to uh kind of not even shut down but at least slow down a Jason Tatum and a Jalen Brown over a big time embiid. But this is, you know, this is with a Granted, a fully healthy Embiid. So I think with Embiid on his knee right now, uh, I, I think they'd rather face the Sixers.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, that would be it, it'd be interesting. I think it's going to go six or seven, though, no matter who they who they face, like we talked about, because it's going to be just all toughness and heart from Miami. And that's what they preach. And that's all that's the guys they got on their team. And, and they're we're going to we're going to see it in the conference finals. It's going to be whoever they get. It's going to be another just grind it out, lock down dirty, not pretty series that Mm -hmm. Miami seems to always play. So, But that's going to lead us to a team that we thought had a chance at a Western Conference Championship, but is now going home in round two. The Phoenix Suns, eliminated in six games by the Denver Nuggets. Booker and KD were having to carry the Suns without CP3 for most of the series and with little depth, and they had no answers for the two-time MVP, Nikola Jokic, who averaged a 30-point triple-double in this series. So... Both of you guys had the Suns going, I, I don't know if it was to the finals, but advancing past this round, I know for sure. So I'm going to go to Nick first. How surprising was this series, and where do the Suns go from here?
2: I mean, the, the series was, you know, very shocking to me. I thought the Suns would definitely play better, but without CP3 for a few games and then without DeAndre Ayton as well, um, it was tough for them because, you know, they didn't have the depth to uh, – to overcome any type of injuries and they got hit with two of them uh and you know we i, I don't i don't know if it was J- josh did, did the same thing but once that trade happened it was basically just like shiny diamonds in front of us and you know we fell for the trap and uh you know you have kd booker cp3 A-N, it's all you're just like oh man this team has to go and uh mm-hmm. No, it was it was a it was a trap, and uh, we fell for it. So, Jokic, you know, he balled out. Uh, tip tip off the cat to him because uh, I didn't expect him to do this well in the playoffs. So now that he's at having a sustained playoff run, he's he's back in the conference finals. Um, I kind of want to see him be able to make it to the finals, but he's going up against you, arguably the greatest player of all time. So it's going to be a tough matchup for the for the Nuggets going on, but. The Suns are in a tough position from where to go from here. They have to get rid of CP3. He's too old. They need to they need to go younger. And I don't know if you get rid of DeAndre Ayton just yet. You committed a four year deal to him just last year. Who who are you going to go out? That's that that's going to be better. I think there's still untapped potential in Ayton, and even though he's shown that you know he he can't be trusted uh this year or last year he's still young and there's not that many centers in the NBA that are that are elite or good. So you kind of have to roll with him and and I think that he, there we there's gotta be a some way to tap tap into that potential because he was the number one overall pick. There has to be a reason the Suns picked him uh over Luca, Trey Young and all these players. So they, they gotta, they gotta try something.
1: Yeah. I mean, I listen, Aiden Aiton is so like, like you said, they, they paid him. So it's, it's going to be hard, but I mean, I, I, I disagree on Aiden. You just gotta, you just gotta cut ties. Yeah. He doesn't even want to be there. You can, you can see it. You can see it with how he plays uh, on the team. He does. And you saw it in the off season. He didn't want to be there. He wanted to go to, he would rather go to Indiana. He signed an offer sheet with Indiana. He would rather be living in Indianapolis than me playing for the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> like, that's wild to think about, you know? So it's like, if you're the Suns, in my opinion, I think you got to, DeAndre Ayton's got to go. He's, you know, like you said, there's not a lot of centers. So he might be, you know, a top five center because there's not a lot of centers in the NBA. But he, he's just not a good, he, he's just not a good basketball player, in my opinion. But Josh, what do you think, man? What were your thoughts on this series? Where do the Suns go from here? And are the
0: Nuggets uh, a title favorite now? I, I still think... uh whoever comes out of um the Celtics and Sixers series you know maybe I'm a little biased is the is the uh title favorite um you know after watching what what how the Nuggets Nuggets just eviscerated the Suns lack of depth um I I do think they're the second favorite and the favorite to come out of the West for sure um I don't know how the Lakers are gonna stop that we'll get to that but um Nikola Jokic man uh in a loss with that 53 point triple double like no one is stopping him but guess who guarded him almost twice as better in a plus minus efficiency rating uh jock freaking Landell, he got, Landell. He, yeah he he guarded DeAndre. he guarded Nikola Jokic twice as be, twice as good compared to DeAndre Ayton you, you see DeAndre in the huddles, Devin Booker saying, Hey man, like, what are we doing? Where's the focus here? You didn't, you didn't get back. You didn't even show up for an offensive possession and then let them come back in a transition three to Michael Porter. Like, come mm-hmm. on, man, what is going on? And then he leaves, leaves the huddle. Um, I, I, I just don't, that's not body language. I see from someone that wants to win that I, I, I see that as a waste of waste of talent. DeAndre Ayton, uh, you oh, know, yeah. first going go to the first pick with the, for the Phoenix Suns, and then he has a plus-minus rating of negative twenty, um, and that's just a that's just an average for this playoffs. He was at minus thirty-two uh, against the Nuggets, so I just don't see a future here in Phoenix. Like you said, Matt, he'd rather be in uh, Indianapolis <laughs> over over a title-contending team. Um, I, I think you can get. You know, not just as much, but around there, around the same production from just an athletic big that they can sign for a veterans minimum and then get themselves some forward depth in, in trades for from CP3 and DeAndre Ayton. So I think mm-hmm. they just need depth. I don't think they need DeAndre Ayton. Uh, I don't think he meshes well with um, Booker and Katie's mid-range game. Um, they're not. They're not meant to uh, utilize DeAndre Ayton because he is a. He's a, He he likes to do his work in the mid-range as well. So I just don't think it's a good fit. I don't think I think DeAndre Ayton is a locker room cancer. And I I think he needs to be out of Phoenix by the end of this offseason. I've seen enough. I've seen enough Phoenix. Don't waste a 35, 36-year-old Kevin Durant. You know, he's only got two years left, I think, before he starts to really decline. Don't waste a Devin Booker, who was being relied on to average 35 in the freaking playoffs this whole time. It can't be. I wasn't surprised. Seeing the Nuggets just eviscerate them in this series because once I saw that Devin Booker and KD had to score thirty five plus a game, it's just not going to happen every game in the playoffs. Get rid of Aiton, please, please, Phoenix. Zoom in. Get rid of Aiton. <laughs> yeah, it's a fact. It's a fact. Listen, like you were talking about with Booker and KD, like they were having
1: to drop thirty five points to win by five points. You know, they were each yeah. having to to drop thirty five plus just to win. Narrow games, but as far as DeAndre Ayton goes, you you know, looking at the, the rest of the 2018 draft, like Josh was mentioning, or and, and Nick was mentioning as well, you got Luca, Trey Young, Jaron Jackson Jr., SGA, Mikael Bridges, and Jalen Brunson all picked after him. You know, so you're looking at that pick going, Damn, man, we could have had Luca, we could have had Trey Young, we could have had a better big man in Jaron Jackson Jr., who's who is what they pre- if 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 Ayton was Jaron Jackson Jr this team might be going on to the next round because Jaron Jackson Jr. would be exactly what the doctor ordered for, for the Phoenix Suns as far as a defensive big, catching lobs, shooting threes. That would be perfect for them. But instead, they're stuck with DeAndre Ayton's big ass and he can't do nothing but complain and and, and show half effort. And yeah, so I'm, I'm completely with you, Josh. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's a situation Phoenix needs to move on from. There's no doubt about it. But I want to start with officially start with Denver because they are who this series should be about they are the best team in the west all year and people freaked out and overreacted to a bad month at the end of the year when everything was wrapped up forgetting how awesome they were the whole year before that and obviously Jokic was hurt for that last month as well and how awesome they were the last time their roster was healthy in the bubble and they've improved their roster since then and now Jokic by the way, is, is going to make a case as the best player in basketball. If he can make the finals and win the title, putting up the numbers he's put up with the two MVPs in the last three years, and this arguably being his best season, obviously not winning the MVP, he went to Embiid, but with the numbers he's put up this postseason, listen to them. I'm just going to list off the stat lines that he's put up this postseason 32, 10, and 12 on 72% shooting, 29, 13, and 12 on 60% shooting, 53, 4, and 11 on 66% shooting, 30, 17, and 17 on 58% shooting, 39, 16, and and 5 on 57% shooting. 24 19 and 5 on 43% shooting. 28 17 and 12 on uh, 28% shooting, which ain't great. But 41 11 and 6 on 57% shooting. 20 11 and 12 on 69% shooting and 27 9 and 9 on 52% shooting. That's every single game he's played in the playoffs so far. He has been elite Every single time he has stepped onto the floor in the playoffs so far, and he's going to have a case if they win an NBA title as the best player in the on the planet. Because, like we talked about in the last episode, I think he's up for grabs now that Giannis uh, now that Giannis is out. But as far as Phoenix goes, I wasn't surprised by that series. And either of you two feel free to jump in on anything that I'm talking about here because I, I've got a lot of I've got a lot to say on Phoenix and. But everything that I mentioned and everyone that everyone who picked against Phoenix mentioned, and I'm not going to pretend like it was just me who, you know, who, who mentioned these things because there were people who picked against Phoenix, but everything that we mentioned that would be their downfall was their downfall, their lack of depth defense and size on in the interior. Chris Paul's inevitable playoff injury. I don't want to hear about oh, Chris Paul got hurt. Chris Paul gets hurt every single season in the playoffs. And when you have no depth and you got to play a 38 year old point guard 40 minutes a game, he's going to get hurt. And DeAndre Ayton, we talked about it. He just being the maybe the softest big man in the league. And then the two who probably deserve the least blame but I, they still deserve a little slice of that blame pie. That's Devin Booker and KD. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like an, either of them were anything less than really good. KD was really good and Booker was great. My problem is for a skilled of offensive players, basically as not really basically just scores for as skilled as scores as they are, they don't bring the other stuff to the, to the table. KD ain't a leader. He said he ain't a leader and he's a really, really good defender, but he doesn't get it done when things aren't perfect for him. He never has. Golden State was perfect for him. Him, Curry, Clay, Dre, Iggy, one of the greatest teams ever before he got there. And it was, in my opinion, the greatest team ever with him there. But in OKC with championship caliber teams, in Brooklyn with championship caliber teams, and now Phoenix with the championship caliber team, he hasn't got it done. I think those are fair criticisms for someone who we expect to be and talk about like he is a top 10-ish all-time player. And listen, D-Book, he ain't a great leader either, okay? Look how he deals with on-court and adversity. He turns into a child. Lucas said it, He he's always talking while he's up. When he's winning, he's chirping. I'm him, I'm doing this, I'm I, I. you gotta double me. And then when he's losing, he's whining and bitching. That's not a leader to me. Plus he's bad defensively and almost allows as many points as he scores. This team needs to be rebuilt and retooled. Both CP3 and Aiden gotta go. If they want any shot, any shot at a title next year, they they both got to go, but this window this window's is closing. KD is going to be thirty five next year. Just some food for thought. So, what do you guys think about all that?
0: You know, I I think uh, the only thing I disagree with, and uh, we've been talking about it, Matt. I, I I do think Devin Booker is what you want in a in in a leader. I mean, maybe maybe not the leader, but like a one a one b type leader on a team. And I think you retool around them. I think you retool around the Suns next season. And uh, they'll once again be the, the betting favorites to come out of the West. Um, Devin Booker what kind of off-court issues you ever hear about him you know Mm -hmm. what zero absolutely zero and like you know what you you, sometimes he let the playoff intensity last year uh get the best of him you know coming up to jalen brunson and calling him calling him soft but he wasn't the only reason that they had a 40 point blowout last season you know and he averaged over 35 in these playoffs like he's leading by example He's tr- he's talking to Aiden in the huddle he's yelling at them in the huddle trying to get them maybe it's the it's the supporting cast around him right now y- you don't have another NBA grown man. Just walk out of a huddle in a playoff game when he doesn't show any effort. And Devin Booker did call him out for that. Devin Booker has been the leader over a over Kevin Durant. Yes, of course, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant doesn't want to be that that the leader, but I think it's I think it's a great one A and one B. You don't have to ask Devin Booker to do everything. You don't have to ask Kevin Durant to do everything. But I personally I think if they retool around him next season with just maybe not even as much talent as DeAndre. Dre Ayton, but just retool and get a buy-in from people like you know hustle on a transition uh defensive play yeah. get into get in on an offensive play hey rebound the damn ball like that's what mm-hmm. you were drafted to do man get a get a, get someone that th- that can give them space in the mid-range like booker and kd are gonna eat up the paint so mm-hmm. i think he leads by example on the court and you know what? He did have a couple couple times where he let playoff intensity get the best of him. But, hey, that's that's what I want in a leader. Uh, maybe not the leader, but uh, a, a guy who who has a 1A and 1B on the team.
1: Yeah. I, again, off-court, I have no problem with Devin Booker off the court. And, again, I'm not saying he deserves the lion's share of the blame for this because he certainly does not. He, play, he performed incredible. Like, you look at his efficiency and the, the scoring numbers that he had – he definitely did he if there's a blame pie he his slice is this big it's it's not a it's not a big slice of the pie but he does deserve some blame in my opinion because you look at the history of Devin Booker and obviously he was a young younger player when stuff like this was going on but before Chris Paul got there before a legitimate leader got there they had no shot at the playoffs ever and you could argue it was because they didn't have enough talent on the team and he was young and you know things like that but you know he'd had a bunch of seasons in the league and not even sniff the playoffs before Chris Paul got there. So the first time that they even started even remotely showing signs of the playoffs was in the bubble when they went 8-0 in the bubble and they, you know, made a little bit of a run. But, you know, so Devin Devin Booker's history as well. And then you look at the last 3 seasons how the seasons have ended, you I, I, you, you got to give him a little bit of a slice of that blame. What do you think what do you think about all this uh all this Suns talk, Nick?
2: So, after watching the Suns play and just how the offense was ran and the coaching, it's, it's hard to get all five guys on the court to want to play together when you have two guys just doing iso ball and driving literally every single time. And there's no movement, there's no there's no cutting, there's no screening, there's no passing. So I just don't think this offense was set up for success. It's hard to blame somebody if you're playing 30, 35 minutes a game and you're not touching the ball at all to tell them to, you know, to hustle and play defense, right? So i i don't like I don't see the thing like yeah, DeAndre Ayton has had a lot of issues. I just don't put the blame all on him. I think Monty Williams had, he 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 didn't set the set the team up for success. For some mm-hmm. reason, we weren't playing Cameron Payne minutes, and then when he was getting minutes, he he was actually scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lit- I, It it reminded me of Iso Ball from the Houston Rockets with James Harden, but James Harden could actually pass pass the ball, and they had a lot more three point shooters. Uh, the Suns were just not set up for this uh, for this run with the way that they were w- with the way they're running offense. I mean, if you're putting put in Booker five ten feet above the uh, three point line and just telling him to drive. Booker mm-hmm. is not really a playmaker, and he doesn't really make guys around him better. Neither is no. KD. So, mm-hmm. it, it we just kind of saw it all happen in real time, and they they do need a big shakeup. But uh, I think it's more of a a, a point guard and and uh, and just guards who can who who are, who are who can push the pace, pass the ball, and set up the offense. So uh, Chris Paul is just a little bit too old for that and yep. I just think that they need to be I think they need a overall younger team
1: yeah I agree and you know definitely definitely Chris Paul you know for as good as great as he's been he's one of the you know probably five greatest point guards in the history of basketball he's got to go you know he's like you said too old too injury prone and then you know we disagree on and I'm kind of I'm kind of on Josh's side with and I think you get a you get a cheaper big who's just going to be a lot of high energy high effort and you know play you know play some, play some defense block some shots for you and then 3 and D guys are going to want to go to, to yes. Phoenix because they're going to get a ton of shots from KD and Devin Booker. They're going to get wide open looks, you know, whether it be, you know, a, a, your your P.J. Tucker type players or, you know, whatever whatever 3 and D guys you want to think of. They're going to want to go to Phoenix because of those things. But, Nick, you mentioned it a little bit with, with uh, you know, them, them reminding you of the Houston Rockets with James Harden and you know them playing all that iso ball you want to know who they remind me of the Brooklyn Nets with KD and Kyrie that's who this team reminds me of they basically just KD moved to Phoenix and then swapped out Kyrie for Devin Booker and it's the same thing it's the exact same thing they're just playing iso ball they're just both uh, hey your turn my turn let's just go hezy jimbos all day middies of you know fadeaway middies you know post mid post game all that stuff right it's the same thing you know, so that's it's that's part of the reason why it didn't work because you know they just they just took the the Kyrie KD model that had no success in Brooklyn and then brought it to Phoenix. So there there's gotta be a shift in not only personnel but in mindset and, and 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 strategy as well because it's clearly not working. You gotta switch something up. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do what they do this offseason and interesting to see where Phoenix goes from here. But with that, we will transition to the team that Denver beat. To the team that Denver will face in the Western Conference Finals, excuse me. And that's LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers defeating the defending champion, Golden State Warriors, in six games. A series that was defined by the epic style clash of the Lakers' defensive and paint-oriented offensive approach. With the Warriors, obviously, running gun three-point shooting approach. But LeBron and AD in the depth of the Lakers roster at the end of the day is what won out, in my opinion. Sending the defending champs home from the playoffs before the finals for the first time in a decade since I was a sophomore in high school. That's the last time that the the the, the Golden State Warriors were sent home before the finals in the, in the playoffs, which is an insane thing to think about. So, Nick, I'm going to go back to you, man. First of all, how impressive – was this series from the Lakers. But also, is this it for the Golden State Warriors dynasty?
2: So the the Lakers are super impressive. I mean, their depth is just mm-hmm. phenomenal. You never know which guy's gonna beat you. And those are the scariest teams. Uh, if it's Rui, if it's Austin Reeves, uh, if it's AD, if it's LeBron. Um, I Mind mean, Walker. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> They got, yeah, I mean, Lonnie Walker coming out of nowhere. Uh, It's a, they got a, they got a complete team. They got uh, the depth and then you have LeBron James uh, leading the whole thing. So it's going to, it's going to be scary for the Nuggets because there hasn't been much talk around LeBron and it seems like he's gearing up for, for this finals run and he's been saving some energy and uh, I think it's go time for him. So it's gonna be a fun series to watch, and uh, for the Warriors, man, I just uh, I feel bad for Steph because he's he played fantastic throughout this entire uh, the entire playoffs, and if we look at the last game, uh, let's let's look at it. I don't think there was a war a starting Warrior player who scored more than ten points. So Steph had thirty two six and five. And the rest of the starting five had eight points, six points, nine points, four points. So bad. you're you're not you're not you're obviously not gonna win uh, if you only have Steph Steph Curry scoring. This team was supposed to be carried, not carried, but they were supposed to be complemented by their young pieces. And mm-hmm. those young pieces, first off, some of them didn't even get a play. Jonathan Kaminga was nowhere to be seen on the court, which kind of baffled me. Well, wish I could ask Steve Kerr on why he why he would keep out a a young player who has a two-way type of potential to impact the game defensively and offensively. Jordan Poole did a 180 from last year. If oh. Jordan Poole was playing like this last year, Warriors would have not have not have been in the NBA finals and not have won the ring. And uh Klay Thompson was is regretting oh. so much that he, he should be taking one of the biggest pay cuts in the NBA if he wants to stay on this stay on this warriors team mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like their window is open it's 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 closing dr- very very fast mm-hmm. and they they have to they have to do something uh either trade some young guys to get another superstar mm-hmm. or they have to go or they have to go uh, all in on their young stars and uh, try to try to make them better but it's not looking that great for the uh for the warriors for their future just because all their money's tied up with Curry, Clay, Draymond, and uh,
0: Pool too.
2: Poole, oh. Wiggins. I mean, the saving grace is you know that you do have Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time, arguably the mm-hmm. best point guard of all time. But he will mm-hmm. be 36 next year, so it's just uh, with all these young teams, it's going to be really, really tough for the Warriors.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm in complete agreement with you, Nick. I think you know, for, for, for Warriors fans thinking, you know, oh, we'll just, you know, ride it out, see if we can get another one next year, see if we can bounce back. And, you know, these young players will, will turn us into our next championship iteration. Like that shit's not going to happen, you know, right? Like none of those players are Steph Curry. So if you don't have a Steph Curry on your team, you're not going to have a dynasty you know and, and Jordan Poole sure as shit ain't Steph Curry he's barely even a, 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 a viable NBA player at this point the way he plays basketball the rest of those young guys haven't looked good so yeah I'll dive into it a little bit deeper you know when, when it's officially my turn to go but I, I, I agree with you completely Nick uh, Josh what do you think man what's you know how impressive were the Lakers in this series and where does Golden State go from here
0: yeah, let's let's start off with the with the Lakers props, man, like the moves mm-hmm. that they made. Uh, let's go Palinka, man, like at the deadline, um, the the Vanderbilt, how how they were attacking these uh, these screens, obviously. And with Steph Curry moving on, like with the off ball screens, it was full on you didn't he he was up near the half court line like just trying to make sure he was up high keeping his his long length like making sure he mm-hmm. didn't uh, curry didn't catch it up high try to make him beat him through the paint which you know what curry was killing it but they are predicated on getting those just barrage of three pointers and let, let me go through the pl- uh the plus minus that the lakers held them to um or the plus minus that the lakers had with their starting five Plus 31, plus 21, plus 16, plus 26, and plus 24. And this is, respectively, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Schroeder, Russell, and Reeves. Man, Reeves keeps Mm. shooting, boy. I love that guy. (laughs) Um, He is, uh, or just that whole starting five totally bought in with Vanderbilt. Just, they got him here for force uh, something like this where they switch where he can switch on to curry schroeder was doing the same thing the buy-in on defense to hold uh to hold these warriors to you know this horrible shooting percentage uh let me go through Mm -hmm. the i know nick said um curry was the only one only started to score over 10 points here's their plus minus draymond green minus 26 and uh andrew wiggins minus 26 steph curry oh. even with the 32 points minus 21 clay thompson minus 33 oh. Oh. gary payton minus 18 okay mm. it is absolutely horrible but credit to that defense that the lakers have bought in man they got the depth and you know what the nuggets are going to have a hard time beating that depth it's going to be a completely different series than the phoenix one but golden state let's get back to that clay thompson Like you said, Nick, who's who would have thought in a few a few years ago that we would be saying, hey, Draymond is way more important to this offense than Klay Thompson. Like we we need to give Draymond a raise while while cutting Klay Thompson, uh, cutting his salary. Um, I think uh, J.J. Redick was talking about this. The most uh, the Warriors have been running a lot of pick and roll um, with Draymond and Steph. Uh, that high pick and roll. And you know what? There's a lot of options off of that. And I think that's why they weren't playing Jonathan Kaminga and they were playing uh, Moody more because um, Moody is better in the pick and roll sets. But uh, Clay Thompson, you know, when he was at his best, he was getting a couple layups per half, right? A couple of easy cuts because everybody was playing on the outside with that full on motion offense. But when you have that pick and roll, you're just, it's easier for a defender to just stick on Clay Thompson and let Curry get an assist to Kavon Looney, Looney or DiVincenzo. And uh, you're, it's easier to shut down Clay Thompson. And Draymond Green said it as well after the game in the press conference. Even when he was open... Uh, game six, Clay is no more, man. Uh, even when Clay was open, he was rushing his shots because this whole series he was used to someone just sticking up in his jersey, you know. So he 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 is the one that has suffered the most from them changing to more of a high pick and roll offense because they wanted to get Anthony Davis on Steph, they wanted to wear Anthony Davis down, but it ended up biting fighting them in the ass because it it they're lacking the full balance of that motion offense that that clay and steph were just such a great part of jordan Poole, he was he never looked right ever since that game when he took a 40 foot bomb to try and win it and then uh also got blocked by anthony davis the possession before he is just get him out of here uh i i man i i do not like him he i think he's another one of those like what a waste of money! What a waste of a contract Ugh. extension this year. And uh, I, I think they have. I think the Warriors can retool and have have a, an amazing lineup going forward next year. But I think that window is closing within the next two years. What do you do with Clay Thompson, man? I just don't know.
1: Well, Josh, you talked about it earlier, and I was talking to one of my buddies who's a Warriors fan uh, yesterday, and we we're talking about you know kind of what the next steps for them are. And I said, obviously, you know, Curry, you're, you're obviously keeping Steph Curry. And then the the only guy on the team, the only other guy on the team that I was like, you still got to keep him was Kavon Looney. And I was like that. If you would have told me that, you know, two years ago that I would be saying the only two guys you want to keep on Golden State are Steph Curry and fucking Kavon Looney. I would have <laughs> called you. A, I would have called you Looney because that is an insane thing to think, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I, Wiggins too, you could probably keep Wiggins. But everybody else, like even even Draymond, like you got to consider moving on from Draymond. You got to consider moving on from Clay Jordan Poole, you just got to get off Jordan Poole. You got to take – Jordan Poole and Dylan Brooks should both be playing on the Guangdong Tigers next year. Get them both mm-hmm. out of here. Like it's it, it, just, just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. But also before I really dive – deep into what i want to say i want to talk about clay thompson's last eight playoff games going back to game six for sacramento here's his field here's his field goals uh his, his field goals made versus attempted he was eight for 20, 4 for 19 9 for 25 then he had a really good game too he was 11 for 18 then he was 5 for 14 3 for 11 3 for 12 and 3 for 19 so Jeez. clay thompson was absolutely atrocious the last eight games of the playoffs He's, he's so lucky that they even got as far as they did with him, you know, playing as bad as he did. But yeah, it's, you know, it's Klay Thompson, man. It's, it's, it's it, and it's not his fault. He's had so many injuries and he's had locked so many hard, long seasons of playoff minutes. It's not his fault. I don't blame him. It's just, it comes time every, you know, every superstar and every dynasty, it comes time to move on from certain players. And I think Klay Thompson's got to be one of those players at this point. So, but before listen, okay. I'm not one. This is me getting my actual spiel now. I'm not one to get on my high horse, okay? I'm not one to get on my high horse and act like I'm always right because my finals pick got knocked out in five games in the first round versus an eight seed, okay? So my picks certainly <laughs> haven't been perfect this postseason, okay? But I've been really good in the West, unlike John ja Morant, okay? I said it early, This it, I said it in early February about the Golden State Warriors. I said, this team ain't making a conference finals the second round ceiling and I got a lot of pushback for that okay because I, I and, and this is exactly what I said I said because Clay and Dre ain't the same and Poole is vastly overrated I said Curry is still great but he can't overcome the flaws of this roster now and I think that completely describes Golden State's problems for the season I also said, at the end of February, when the Lakers were the 13 seed in the Western Conference, that's only better than the Rockets and my San Antonio Spurs, both of which were blatantly tanking for Victor Wembenyama. I said the Lakers, when they were the 13 seed, would be in the Western Conference Finals versus the Nuggets. Check the goddamn tape. It's on our Bold Predictions episode, because I said it two and a half months ago. These are the bold predictions everybody wanted to hear, and I'm saying bold predictions because I got two of them as well, okay? I didn't know if someone was going to steal one, so I came prepped with two. My first one is the Lakers are not going to make the play-in because they're going to make the playoffs as the sixth seed, and they're going to make the Western Conference Finals and face the Denver Nuggets, who are going to win. The Western Conference. The Denver Nuggets will beat the Lakers in seven games in the Western Conference Finals. That is my first bold prediction. The Lakers are going to get the sixth seed. Sorry, wow. Joe. And what I said about this team was, because it fits perfectly together around LeBron and AD. Dilo Schroeder, Reeves, Hachimura. Hell, I even mentioned Lonnie Walker was their best role player before the trades and he lost his spot in the rotation then he gets back in the rotation this series and wins them game four so nothing about this series surprised me but i will be honest though okay i was starting to wonder about lebron could he still have the the vintage takeover performance you know playoff playoff moments that we've seen him have hundreds of times over the past two decades but I was wondering about if he could still do that. And you know with with his age and in the in the in the foot problem if it, is it was still bothering him or whatever the case may be. But 39 and 9 with two steals and a block on 70% shooting to close out the defending champs. Come on man. Like the like the, the guy is still he's he's still one of the best players on the planet and he's playing incredible defense too cuz he knows exactly what this team needs from him. He's he's the greatest player of all time in my opinion. Like this this guy is just ridiculous. But Back to Golden State. If I'm Golden State this offseason, I I talked about it a little bit earlier. Everyone but Curry, Looney, and maybe Wiggins, I'm shopping this offseason. We've been talking about it with Clay. We've been talking about it with Clay all year. Everybody on this show has been talking about it with Clay all year he's not the same and it showed this series and again it's not his fault but it just is what it is and in my opinion I heard some people on ESPN talking about you know oh Draymond's gonna age well because of his IQ and this and that and I don't think Draymond is gonna age well especially if they pay him a lot of money because he's already undersized and brings little offensive value to the team so when he starts losing some of that lateral quickness and athleticism defensively he's gonna become unplayable you're not gonna be able to play Draymond Green when he starts losing some of his athleticism which obviously comes with you know aging uh, aging basketball players and like we we talked about Jordan is a bad basketball player. Obviously not talking about his talent or his skill set, but I you know, but his feel for the game, his basketball IQ, and him as a teammate, like you watch him, like they, they have to babysit Jordan Poole. Like you shouldn't have to do that with a grown ass man on your bat on your professional NBA basketball team. They have to babysit him and they have to coddle him and 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 you know I, I talked about it last episode. I see why Draymond punch you in the face, dog. Like I, if I was Draymond, I would have <laughs> socked you in the face too. You are an annoying basketball player to watch. It's really it bothers me to watch him, you know, watch or play basketball. But listen. It, it, I, it, as far as Pool Clay, and Draymond go, I would move on from all three if I'm Golden State. I think you have to really, really consider moving on from all three and trying to get the most out of Steph's final, you know, great years that you possibly can, because that's how you're going to win another title. You're not going to win another title with all these, you know, the, with with old, you know, Draymond and Clay, and then a bunch of young guys. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So you got to find a way to retool that roster, which you can. You have the assets to do, and you can flip some of these contracts and bring in some younger, better players. But you got to find a way to change things up and it's, it's crazy. And you know, the, 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 Warriors have run the Western conference for the last decade, but it's, it's looking like maybe that's that, that run has come to an end. But before we get into this Philadelphia in Boston series, we obviously just talked about Denver and the Lakers are going to be the Western conference finals. It's going to be the Western conference finals. It's a bubble rematch of the Western conference finals. Denver was obviously the best team all year and the Lakers were the best team in the West basically since the trade deadline when they made all their moves. So, real quick, we're just going to predict this series for you. We're going to tell you who wins and how many games. So, Josh, I'm going to you, man. This Western Conference Finals, the one I predicted two and a half months ago. Who is going to win and in how many games?
0: You got to go to me first, huh, man? This is I I have not flipped more on a series in the past, you know, (laughs) day or so than I think this whole playoffs. Um oh i i think narrative narrative i i'd love to see lebron win you know gear up for that for for that next ring and uh narrative everything in me my heart wants to say the lakers and i just can't do it matt i just can't do it i have the nuggets in six right now i mean gosh, you have to hold me to it because I want to see. But, okay, I'm going to affirmative, pushing the button. Nuggets in six. Uh, I I just don't – I think Anthony Davis is – yes, he's been a great defensive uh, efficiency-wise in these playoffs, but I think Nikola Jokic is a different kind of beast uh, on the post. Um, He's unorthodox. He's not going to, you know, he's not an easy guy to to block because he'll he'll go in he, he looks kind of like Larry Bird out there where he's just like, you know, a kind of like jello and just boom all of a sudden he hits it from behind his behind his back hook shot like that, but then all uh-huh. of a sudden this this shot becomes a pass down low to Jamal Jamal Murray, Easy Lane, Aaron Gordon, you know, it's so hard to predict what he's going to do. Whenever he touches the ball, man, like I've never seen anything like it out of a center. Uh, He will be, uh, Kevin Durant said it, I think he will be the greatest center of all time coming out of, uh, you know, at the end of his career if he keeps this up, man. Um, Wow. He, you know, the way he dominates is different than just like dominating, like I'll back you down. He is totally just... He's a model of consistency he's able to run the offense from from a center position and you know what as dominant as Embiid is and as dominant as Shaq was as dominant as all these great centers were man you got to give him his props I I know I wanted Embiid to win the MVP this season I thought he deserved it but Nikola if he's in this top two conversation for the next five years how do you not consider him the best uh the best uh center of all time uh he can run the point from from a center position what what more do you want and then he gives you a a 53 pointer whenever he wants like if he wanted to he could average he could average around that 40 a game with 12 rebounds but you know what he's getting everyone involved he is exactly what you want in a leader and he's taken that next step vocally too uh past Mm -hmm. few years he hasn't he hasn't done um, he hasn't done anything really vocally he, he's tried to let his play do the talking but now you're seeing him he wants it he's talking to his teammates in the huddle he, he's like Kevin Durant and Booker it's only two of them it's only two mm-hmm. of them guys come on he's talking to his, to his team and not only is he talking to them he's getting everyone open looks uh, so man I love Nikola Jokic and I, I just don't think the Lakers are going to be able to stop him
1: yeah, I mean it's going to be tough. Like like you talked about, Anthony Davis. You could argue, I think, in my opinion, he's the best defensive player in basketball, especially the best defensive big in basketball. But you, like you were talking about, Jokic is so unorthodox. It's going to be tough for AD to be able to deal with him. But that is a topic for another day. which you just brought up, the the Jokic maybe becoming the greatest center of all time. Because man, there's some great all time centers. Like you got Kareem, you got Shaq, you got Russell, Wilt. Like you got Hakeem. Like there is some great, great all time centers. So if he can even get into that conversation. Like that's that's huge for Nikola Jokic, you know. So yeah, that that that's an off-season topic for sure. You know, depending on what the Nuggets do in this playoffs, that's something that we will talk about again in the off-season or after the finals or whatever the case may be. But Nick, what do you think about this Denver versus Lakers series? Who you got winning? How many games?
2: Uh, so first, I'm just gonna say like I'm not gonna put Nikola into the greatest centers <laughs> I, of all, that's all what time list. I, I was saying, I think okay, I that's, say that's that's that's. <laughs> I love Nicola, I love what he's doing. He's playing fantastic, but um, yeah. You're, not yet. Not, not yet. yet, we, gotta, we no. gotta pump the brakes on that one. Uh, and for this series, you know, Lake, Lakers vs. Nuggets, I'm gonna have to... I'm gonna on. have to pick King James. <laughs> he's gonna have a historic performance in the conference finals. not 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 only is he gonna average 35 points per game against the nuggets he's gonna average 35 eight and eight and uh lebron's gonna lead the lakers to the to the uh to the finals and anthony davis is gonna be right there averaging like 20 and 15 and uh this is gonna be a tough tough matchup for the nuggets and i see the lakers in six This man got up just to grab
0: his LeBron James jersey. I was like, where'd he go? Where'd he go? And he grabbed
1: the King James jersey. For those of, for those of you, who, if you guys are gonna watch this on Spotify <laughs> halfway before I answered the, before I asked this question, Nick got up and walked away for like ten seconds. I was like what the got hell? Got a Lebron, got his Lebron jersey, picked it up and, and held it up to the camera. So I was wondering the same thing. I went to I had to go to Josh first because I didn't know where Nick went. Oh man, that was hilarious. I was ready um, if you called up. on me. First, uh, <laughs> I was ready. That was awesome. Um, But as as far as my prediction goes, listen, I said it in February, people. I I, I predicted this in February. It's all happened so far. So what what do you think I'm gonna change now? What do you think? I, I saw the future in February. You think I'm just gonna change it now in May? It's not gonna happen, okay? So when I saw it, when I saw the future in February, I said, Lakers, Nuggets, Conference Finals, it's gonna be a great series. It comes down to game seven in the altitude in Denver. And if it comes down to game seven in the altitude in Denver, The Nuggets win a classic in seven. I think Aaron Gordon is gonna be the best wing defender. LeBron has faced all playoffs. Obviously Wiggins is a solid one. Memphis really didn't have one, but Aaron Gordon is a damn good wing defender. He's going to be able to, he's going to be able to neutralize LeBron. You know, obviously you can't stop LeBron. No one stops LeBron. It's never happened in the history of basketball, Uh, but he's going to be able to, he's going to be able to neutralize LeBron a little bit. And I don't think he's going to get to that 35, eight and eight, like Nick's talking about. I think Aaron Gordon's going to hold him to kind of what his playoff averages have been so far around that 22, 23, you know, 10 and five, which has kind of been what he's been so far in the playoffs. And then, like I said, you know, before, even though AD is the best defensive player in basketball, He can't stop Nikola Jokic. This guy is too good. It'll be a great series, but the Joker will get to his first NBA finals. And in my opinion, I'm the opposite of Josh. Josh thinks whoever wins Boston and Philadelphia is going to win the title. I think whoever wins Denver and the Lakers is going to win the title. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see. It's going to be a great series. I'm excited to see it because I saw it already in my head when I made the predictions. I saw it. God damn it. So but with that being said, we are going to transition. This is the final, the final part of the show, and it brings us to the battle. The, the two best words in sports. It's game seven. And it's between Knicks, Boston, Celtics, and Josh's Philadelphia 76ers. The battle of the panel and this series has been back and forth. Philadelphia won game one in Boston. Celtics won game two at home, and then game three in Philly. Philly won game four at home, and then game five in Boston. Then Boston won game six in Philly, and now we have a game seven back in Boston to determine who will be facing the Miami Heat in the conference finals. And obviously, both these teams have proven they can win on each other's home floors as the home teams in this series are two and four. So I'm going to go to Nick first on this one, man. I have a great feeling with where you're going to go with this prediction. But first of all, give me your takeaways from the series. And then second of all, Who's winning this game 7? Is it going to be the Boston Celtics or is it going to be the Philadelphia 76ers? So, I mean, it's been a
2: fantastic series from a basketball standpoint. I think I don't think you could ask for much more as fans. Nope. Back yes. and forth. Each I mean, each game there's been maybe a new star taken over. Harden had uh, two clutch win- two clutch winning shots. And Embiid, Embiid's and had some great games. Uh I mean, Embiid has had has games where he's not fantastic, obviously, but he's still really good. I, we obviously hold oh, yeah. him to a higher standard because he just won MVP, but he's still been playing phenomenal. Um, he's been impacting the game on the defensive end with his block shots. So Tatum, Brown, and a lot of those guards, they are definitely looking over their shoulder when they drive and they see uh, Embiid, but that has left them a little bit vulnerable uh, to the offensive rebound or to the dish to. To the to the guy that Embiid's rolling off um it's it's all gonna come down to uh Tyrese Maxi and James Harden uh we know what Embiid's gonna do he's gonna score points he's gonna block shots but if Maxi and Harden can can get going then it'll be a close game uh if not I think it, we, we've seen it like Boston will run away with it uh, and if, if Tatum and Brown are, are going, especially with the, with all the the depth that the Celtics have with Brogdon, Derek White, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, Rob Williams, I mean, you got a lot mm-hmm. of guys who can score and impact the game in multiple ways. And uh, it's scary that we've seen the Celtics win and we haven't had a good performance from Tatum or Brown yet. So... Mm-hmm. If we if we do have any type of good performance from from those two, I I don't think it I don't think Game Seven will be closed and the Garden will be rocking.
1: It's gonna be a crazy game. It's gonna be a crazy game for sure. Like you mentioned, you know Tatum Tatum in Game Six was absolutely atrocious in that game until the last four minutes, and then he took over in the last four minutes. So yeah, we haven't seen a great. Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown game yet it's been a lot of kind of it's it's been a lot of lower scoring games I thought this series might be a little bit higher scoring but the defensive kind of intensity has kind of ratcheted up in this series and it's been a lot more defensive in text intense than we expected it to be but Josh I'm gonna go to you man I know you were in the chat a tiny bit nervous about this one game seven obviously first of all give me your takeaways from the series. But second of all, who's winning this Game 7? Is it going to be Knicks, Boston, Celtics, or is it going to be your Philadelphia 76ers?
0: You know, I'm definitely, definitely worried. Um, There is is a certain uh, stigma. There's a certain expectation of harden in game 7 let alone uh the Philadelphia 76ers games uh, in game 6 7 in closeout game and let alone doc rivers in in his closeout games has the worst record of all Yikes. time uh in elimination game or in games where he can close out and elimination games um with with an Embiid that is not you know he's not as dominant as he was pre, uh pre injury, let's let's be honest here but mm-hmm. you already know who i'm gonna go with yeah I, they all thought the the garden was gonna be rocking in game five they all thought the garden was gonna be rocking in game one and you know what you got nick got his jersey so I'm going to get my jersey. Yeah. Because, yeah, we got we got the <laughs> X factor right here, baby. Of course, I'm going to pick the Sixers by uh and Sixers minus 8 by the way in game 7 against against the Boston Celtics. Uh they don't call him James Harden. They call him James Garden. Okay? He's going to take it home for us, baby. We need Houston Harden back. We have, this is the Harden's best chance to win a ring ever since he went up 3-2 against the Warriors uh, a few years back and Chris Paul got injured man I'm so so hyped for this this has been uh, a long time coming but you know we need we need a 45 uh 45 point performance we need a 42 point performance and i think Harden has been wiping off a lot of that you know clutch time uh, he's not clutch he's not clutch in this series alone you know he hit a he hit a game tying floater um dancing around al horford he hit he hit the game winning three in overtime he hit the the game winning three in uh in uh, regular time in game 1 against horford uh i e don't put al horford on my guy put the put some damn respect on his name okay harden in game we'll put seven. we'll put
2: we'll put horford on him and we'll yeah, we'll yeah. roll with Hard,
0: it harden in game 7 is going to become the James Garden, baby. I can't wait to see it on Sunday. Tune in, and then we'll see y'all next week when the Sixers are in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Miami Heat.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Josh. He's sticking with the Philadelphia 76ers. And God damn it, do I want Josh to be right. I mentioned it last week. I have never so actively rooted for my own pick to be wrong. I picked the Celtics in seven pre-playoffs. But damn it, I want Philly to win. But their chance was game six, I think. I I, I don't think they're going to be able to bounce back from that one. And since we're all bringing out jerseys to to, to show who's going to win, I'll bring out the jersey to to, to show you who's going to win. And it's a it's a Kemba Walker Celtics. <laughs> Celtics. <laughs> That, that I got, that I got from Ross Dress for Less for fifteen dollars on sale. So, so the Boston Celtics are gonna win this game. I don't want them to win this game. I don't want them to win this game. Okay. If Kemba Walker was still there, they probably wouldn't win this game. Okay. But, but I just don't want this to happen. And listen, I don't think they can. I don't think Philly can bounce back from that devastating Game Six defeat at home. You watch, you you look at them after that game. I don't think they, I don't think they were in it. I think they're done now. And, you know, like we, like we mentioned earlier, Tatum was awful all game until it really mattered. And, and B didn't touch the ball the last four minutes. And again, I want to be wrong. I want to come in and actively laugh at and make fun of Nick if they lose. And I'll be joyous if I, you know, I I predict if, if, you know, the, the Sixers win and my prediction is wrong. So I'll be glad, but unfortunately I think I'm going to be right. And I think I'm going to go four for four in my conference semifinal predictions, and um, I'm going to look like a prophet once again. Unfortunately, but it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be an exciting game. It's going to be really, really fun to watch. And again, go Sixers! But it's it's going to be it's going to be Kemba Walker and the Boston Celtics coming out on top uh, And <laughs> in Game
0: Seven. Hey, we got we, the we we got we got,
2: we got <laughs> the two point cards. Come on,
1: come on! I, I got
2: I got the Rondo jersey
1: on right now. Jersey, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, all right, for, for those of you who aren't watching, just ridiculousness. We all pulled out different jerseys. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's just craziness. Um, but that's going to be it for us today here on the House Call Podcast. Thank you guys so much for watching. Again, we're going to give shout outs to all of our sponsors. The first one I want to mention is StubHub. No matter the event, StubHub has the tickets for you. Sports, concert, theater tickets as low as $6. If you want to go to Game 7, I got some buddies who are going to Game 7 in the garden in Boston. If you wanna go watch that game or if you wanna go watch any of the NBA playoffs, the MLB season's in full swing right now. If you wanna go watch any of that, go to StubHub, hit the link in our description to get your tickets at StubHub today. We are also sponsored by sportmemorabilia.com, the one-stop shop to get all your authentic sporting merchandise. We obviously have all gotten jerseys, from sporting from sportmerchandise.com. we all have them we all just pulled them out and showed them to you so go get your jerseys go get your hats go get your t-shirts go get your long sleeves whatever you want to get from your favorite team there's lots of lots of awesome stuff there so hit the link in the description to get all your merchandise at sportmemorabilia.com. we are also sponsored by fubo tv the world's only sport focused live tv streaming service with top leagues and teams plus popular shows movies and news for the entire household there's no hidden fees go get a free trial browse available plans i personally have used fubo loved it tons of channels you can watch basketball football baseball anything you want to watch on fubo tv so hit the link in the description to go check that out and if you are a bro who is up real early like i am Need Co- And it's just turned past seven o'clock here, Hawaii time. So if you're up real early like I am and need a coffee company, that's not only going to provide you with everything from award-winning roasts to your necessary equipment, your expression machines, your grinders, your filters to your recipes, as well as a coffee to water ratio calculator. So you know exactly how much coffee to put in and as much water that you should put in with it. Okay. Go to coffee bros website, whose link is in our description to get everything you need that is coffee related. So go get coffee bros, bro, and don't forget to like comment and Subscribe. We appreciate all the feedback. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at The House Call Sports Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, and Twitter. We've got merch. Go meet the crew. And we've also got blogs up on our website. Our website is www.thehousecall.com. And that's going to be it for us. Peace.